You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. hamsters and rabbits I've, I've taken him there and he like he does like to look at the little fish but yeah. you know he you know they they have uh kids just think oh it's just easy to take care of pets i mean you know i don't have to do anything so fish yeah miles uh, is completely uninterested in in our goldfish well, it's I, actually one of those not goldfish it's one of those uh you know fighting fish whatever you call that uh, i don't you know, know. I mean? you know what i mean I don't know. do you have to replace it like every no three it's weeks? the thing the thing won't die oh really how long have you had it for <laughs> A couple of years. I oh, think. really? That's yes. good. I always, I mean, growing up, we had goldfish, but that was yeah. ended up being flushed. <laughs> All right. It's 726. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. 
K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good morning, Blake and Aaron. Hello. I'm wonderful. How are you? We're good. We're just talking about Aaron flushing her goldfish down the toilet. <laughs> What else now there's him? some large, uh, you know, yeah. giant Goliath goldfish living in the ocean somewhere. Oh my gosh! How many is that? The first one, or how many have you had to do? No, I didn't do. I haven't done any here. This was back oh, in okay. Idaho. Yeah. So there's yeah. A, yeah, a bunch of goldfish in the uh, in the sewer system in, uh, it's in inevitable. Idaho. Yeah. Goldfish I mean, kind of hard to keep alive, believe it or not. Yeah, it's it's we've, not we've my thing. Yeah. I have a beta fish. That's a beta fish. Yes. Beta, yes. That's in like the plant. Oh, okay. No, yeah. my uncle uh, like was a part-time magician. What? <laughs> so, really? Would, yeah, so, so was my uncle. Oh, that's so funny. Did he do like birthday parties? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he like, uh, he would do birthday parties every once in a while at like my house for uh, for us. And we'd yeah. always end up with a goldfish after it because there was like some part, some Some trick, trick where yeah. he... <laughs> where he presented a goldfish. Yeah, and died like three days later because he had it up his sleeve for like an hour or something. I don't know. <laughs> the lack of oxygen. I'll tell you what, we've gone through a couple already. Have um, you? Yeah. So, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm over. I'm over it. Too much. I don't like to Same. clean the tanks. I don't uh, like we've spent we've spent probably a couple hundred dollars on this on a beta fish? on this two dollar fish. Are yeah. You serious? Yes. <laughs> you know, buying rocks. You buy in the bowl. Yeah. You buy. You know. Got to change the rocks every week. You got all this special you solution. The rocks. Yeah, you got to wash them. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it gets see. the water gets cloudy. Okay. Anyway, yeah. we digress. What is happening in the world of CMR and news in Cayman this morning? Yes. Well, um, we have the um, acting director of the Port Authority having resigned uh, last week, hmm. and um, his resignation is effective next week. So he wants to step back down to what position he was in before, which was cruise something like head of cruise ship and something. I'm like, well, well that's a much easier job. That's a much easier job right what do you now. Do? I know. I'm thinking. <laughs> hmm. um, but the reason why he resigned is what's most interesting. Apparently, some conflicts with a few board members that were retained. Uh, so that's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. And he says that those people are undermining him from trying to do his job. Hmm. All okay, right. Then. Uh, CETA, the Cayman Islands Tourism Association, mm -hmm. has made a very lengthy and um, <laughs> straightforward statement that they are most disappointed in the government for pulling back on the uh, reopening plans. Yeah, we read that on uh, the air. It was yes, very, so very stern stern letter I mean, they should be upset it's you know it's yeah. lively for a lot of people I mean, every everyone you know i've had people say to me can you explain why the government did it and i said well if you listened the entire time uh you would know that from the onset the government has always said if we have two community outbreaks that are unrelated we will pull back that's what the day that they launched the plan at the chamber luncheon, that's exactly what the premier said. So I'm a little surprised that people didn't hear that or they weren't paying attention because, you know, some people are of the position that, oh, they've done a 180. And I'm like, no, they haven't. Go back to the chamber luncheon. It's there online and you can listen to it. And that has always been what the premier said. He just never expected it to happen now. <laughs> you know, I mean, realistically, they were thinking uh, this community spread would happen once we actually got to phase three and um, open the borders without any restrictions. And clearly that hasn't happened. But you're gonna have that when you when you have borders open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
You're going to have, you're going to have, you can have it even without borders fully open. Totally. Um, So we have have seven kids now at Georgetown primary school. Yes. And and connected. They said 10 persons are connected to that outbreak. Wow. Well, I mean, and And, and we're going to go into some details. I've got some inside information on that. That is going to blow your mind. Oh, please. Blow our minds. (laughs) In terms of just how crazy um, people are, Blake, like, they're being told, do not, you know, wait on your test, even when you get your test results, do not go out and about. And can I tell you that people are out and about, people are allegedly going to Cayman Brack and they're connected to Georgetown Primate. How, how is it is allowed on a plane? Like, is there not like a list? If See, this is the thing. If all these people are out and doing whatever, when it's now in community spread, all the people that are in quarantine should be able it's to just, be free as well this is, is not there's no is there's absolutely people. reckless and shocking at the same time that people are not paying attention i actually know of someone who um went to get vaccinated yesterday and come to find out they actually have a positive kid in their home you know what they should do they should say you know what that's fine uh borders are open tomorrow I think so. The way the way that people are going on, it's like they don't understand how their behavior equates to the equivalent of just flinging the borders open. And yet, you know, they're they're still going to be the same ones who are like, "Oh, you're trying to kill our kids. Don't open the borders." I'm like, "But you're traveling to the BRAC. You're going to the hospital. You're doing all this stuff after you've been specifically told. You know, you have a child or connection to Georgetown Primary. Results are still coming in." Stay home. Stay but, isolated. And then, but even then, it how could be to, next week a positive could come. How do you forward. get to the airport? Yeah. And, and, and uh, don't you? Oh, I guess you With don't. Car. You don't have to present a PCR test to go to BRAC, do you? No. You can no. just get on the plane and go. But so you I think that, I think that that is why at the press briefing on uh, Tuesday, the premier said, you know, they're going to have to look at some restrictions to the BRAC because it's not going to take long. I think it might be already too late based on what I'm hearing in terms of uh, people going there. I mean, I've got several BRAC individuals who are very, very concerned um, that it has already, you know, potentially been transported to the BRAC. Well, have they been vaccinated? Uh, what's the percentage on BRAC that's vaccinated? Do I we know. It doesn't matter. You get a you get a breakout there and then they shut the island down again. Well, yes, I get that. Uh, but if they're vaccinated, no then we should move on with our lives. Well, I know I get it. I understand. <sighs> it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about some of those things. Um, today's uh, feature on our show is that we're going to be breaking down this case, which a lot of people are interested in uh, with me and John Felder. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that this morning as well, looking at what the evidence actually is and the actual judgment. So people just come back to what what the premier said, and and that may be what he said at the luncheon about if there's two community outbreaks, then then we'll then we'll pause. But there's still time even before you know borders open or what they were planned to be opened on October 14th to get this under control and and keep moving forward. Why kick the can all the way down to the end of the year? Yep. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's just a political decision. There's no, it's not a scientific decision. Like I said yesterday, um, Public Health England said open the borders. Um, all medical professionals, part of the um, the medical and dental uh, medical and dental council locally, said mm-hmm. open the borders. And um, our people are not ready. So you know, the premier has to make decisions. I guess not just based on science, but on knowing his people and they're just nowhere near ready, unfortunately. And will they ever be ready? 
But I thought I, we were ready. We said, oh, we're ready if when it happens. We got 40 they ventilators. Said, we know yeah. people are going to be sick. But now we're not ready? We're good. No, no, no. Not the government and not the hospital and those agencies. The people, as in the people in the street, are not ready. They're okay, not psychologically they're ready. ready. There's but, a vaccine. But there's that's always going <laughs> to be the case. I know. Listen, I'm, I'm with you guys on this, but I'm telling you the reality is a lot of people out there are not ready for the reopening of the borders. They haven't come to terms with it. And, I don't know if you, you know, heard this, but it's really sad. And I. It's really sad to hear that because of it, uh, because of the government announcing announcing the extension of phase three, uh, the Ritz-Carlton canceled uh, K-Man cookout for January, which is a huge event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, so and it's, and it's a big event for for the local community as well to just not be able yeah. to have that. And a event. lot of people and a lot of people want to get back to work, like even people are in the stipend. They're like, this isn't the life that I envisioned for myself. Like I want to get back to work. I want to, you know, be self-sufficient. I want to be around people. You know, they have a different vision for what their life is like. Um, and it's just not happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the travel. same people who are complaining about the government opening the borders are out there being reckless with, you know, as part of the Georgetown primary contingency. So yeah, it is right. very disappointing. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Right. Um, I'm disappointed that people are so reckless and, um, you know, so shouldn't these people now be, or is there, is there jail? Is there fines for people that are doing this? Like, I, that's what I don't understand what's going on because now it's a, it's so different between the people that are in quarantine, yeah. these people that are actually positive spreading the community case. What's, I mean, again, going back to my thing, what's the point of quarantine if they're, if mm -hmm. they're just out there at the supermarket? Yeah. And then everybody says that, oh, it's all about money. And I don't think that people get that it, it isn't, I mean, at some level maybe, but it's also about the fact that um, if people can't survive, it's not about profits, it's about survival. And if people can't survive, um, there are going to be other things, you know, related to their health and well-being that will probably kill them before COVID. Hmm. Um, so I keep hearing people saying, oh, profits before people, that's what this is all about. And I think people who say that kind of really miss a full understanding of what's going on. Um, so. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's it's something every morning to discuss for sure. And uh, if you want to catch more on CMR, uh, you can get it now on Facebook and YouTube. Sandy, we'll see you tomorrow morning. All right, guys. Hey, tomorrow, by the way, is Old School Fridays. And we're oh, going, yes. back, going back to the year 1989, 1989. tomorrow. Wow. So where were you in 1989? Um, I guess I was in high school. All right. We're talking I like Paul Abdul straight up. high school, maybe. Bobby Brown, my prerogative. Okay. Um, yeah. I would have just been kind of getting yeah. into music, too. You know how... You've never like, heard of music before? You were just getting into it. <laughs> no, I was just getting what? into it. Like, really yeah. coming into my own in terms of my musical preferences for myself. Ah, <laughs> so, okay. Um... That was the yeah. year Millie Vanilli was really big. Was it also the oh, year? Oh, yeah. Was it the year I, later. I think it was. I think it was later. It was like in the nineties. I think yeah. when they got cut. Yeah, I liked them a lot. Actually, I was very disappointed. Too. So funny. I loved it. That story still is so wild. So come up with a uh, with a song tomorrow when we talk to you from nineteen eighty nine. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Aaron. What All you right, got guys. coming up? Have now a good one. Talk about Lady Gaga. So 1989. Oh, I got to go back and have a have a think about that one. Good morning to Jackie 
Alice Odette Irvlin Diamond Princess says, terrific Thursday morning, everyone. Darius is talking about these Siamese fighting fish. Um, yeah, I'm not fond of fish that much. Can I just tell you not to look at them, not to have them in my, um, not to have a fish tank. To me, it's so much work and so little enjoyment. <laughs> I'm like, why do I want to look at fish all day? Um, they're not my, they're definitely not my top pet to have. Um, I'm a dog lover. I love dogs. Eh, not so much cats. I could probably tolerate a cat, but I wouldn't go out of my way to probably get a cat. Good morning, Alice. Paula's here. Good morning. Brandon, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Wanda, hello. Good morning. The lovely Olivia. Wee oui, wee, oui, Marshall from North Carolina. Paula says people do not listen. They do not hear. They just hear what they want to hear. Well, Paula, I am flabbergasted that every single day we're like a broken record saying the same thing over and over again. And you're absolutely right. Um, people don't listen. Wee oui, wee oui says money doesn't buy life. Well, I guess that certainly depends on who you're talking to. Talk to some poor person in. Uh, Haiti, that money doesn't buy life, and they'd probably disagree with you. It can buy health care. Um, it can buy access to education. It can even um, buy, like, you know, those countries, people will kidnap you in a heartbeat. So it can get you your child back safely or your own life. Um, Alice says, I agree with you. Open the borders and let them see some, see some more casts. What's casts? Cases. Oh, here's the thing. It's a little bit, um, of a double edged sword. Yes, Alice. And people want to blame Jamaicans. Y'all not easy. Caymanians are the one running around right here doing the most. Um, I think, and I know the evidence shows that since these outbreaks started last week, there has been an immediate uptake in the number of people getting vaccinated. So there's certainly an argument for um, community cases as probably the single biggest motivator for getting vaccinated. Now listen to this, someone who got vaccinated yesterday and they're dealing with a situation in their own home now with a positive child and they went to the vaccination clinic yesterday and they got vaccinated um they were like well i'm i'm vaccinated so i'm good no you're not you got vaccinated an hour before you found out that someone in your household is positive so that doesn't that that shot that you just got an hour before gives you no protection yet and i want to stress this because i feel like there's so many of our people who remain incredibly misinformed. There is a reason, folks, why your body will respond to a vaccination with things like a fever, potentially, and other things. That means that the vaccine is working. Within an hour, you're not going to start to feel any of those things quite yet, because the vaccine isn't going to start working. You have I think it's, is it a week later? Help me out here, my medical professionals. I'll have to look this up. 
But a week later, you might start to get some protection from that first shot, not an hour later, not a day later. So this is why there are a lot of breakthrough cases that are actually associated with the timing of when someone got the vaccine. So literally, if you just got the vaccine and you were already exposed to the virus, but not yet tested positive, two weeks, thank you. Or um, you turn around and get it, you know, the first two weeks of being vaccinated, you're not gonna have that protection. That's why joking around with vaccination is, uh, it's really nothing to joke around with. You need to do it. And the sooner you do it before community spread takes foot, the better. Good morning, lovely Miss Brenda, how are you? She says, I can't help myself. I have to ask, why are they being authorized to travel? Don't sell them tickets, travel time again. Well, I don't think that there is anything in place, believe it or not, that um, is actually checking people for local travel. Should they have a no-fly list for every you know thousand people associated with Georgetown Primary that they've been testing? How about people just stop being stupid and being responsible? You know, I've got some screenshots that people have been sending me um, of this situation in the BRAC. Here's what someone said. And child, the language is not pretty. Am I allowed to share these? Hold on. Let me find out. I can read them to you, but. Yeah, well, one of these is like a group, so I think we can share some of these, but um, I don't know what I don't know what's wrong with y'all. So the first one's like, did you hear the child with COVID arrived and came in back with his mother? The other person says, you've got to be effing kidding me. Apparently, they were sent back on the next flight. And this person says, WTF, people should be placed on a no fly list when they're diagnosed. Well, there's that. Um, but people just need to stop being so irresponsible. If the government says to you, you know, uh, come and get your COVID test and go straight back into isolation, regardless of the outcome of the COVID test, why are you at the local restaurant getting food? Because that's what they were doing in Savannah, a restaurant that I go to. So that's why yesterday I said to my husband, I said, listen, honey, chow. Um, right now, my daughter, she loves grocery shopping with me. We're not going to the grocery store with her. She's going to stay home. I will, um, make very, very quick trips to the grocery store to basically get in and out. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I don't even expose her to that because I go to the local restaurant standing up and this is a small little cubbyhole of a restaurant, you know, in Savannah, other people standing there whose children have been exposed to COVID. Y'all are just beyond, uh, reckless. It, it's just disgusting. Like honest to God, what, what are you doing? Oh, well, my test result was positive. <sighs> y'all gonna, y'all gonna make me start drinking something that I'm not supposed to be drinking. Lord have mercy. It's too early in the morning for stupidity. 
But our people are lacking, I'm telling you, they are legitimately lacking in common sense. I don't know what else to tell y'all. There's a reason they're not telling you to remain in isolation just because they're trying to be mean. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why they tell you. There's more positives potentially to come. Uh, Carol says, I can't deal with another lockdown. I really suffered last time, especially with people playing music so loudly all day from 10 a.m. Carol, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, AJ is an anti-vaxxer and he doesn't want the government to open, right, AJ, as I recall. He says it's profits over people. This is the world we live in. Cayman is an island that thrives in tourism. The government needs the money just as much as the people on the island. Well, you see, I don't know that that's profits over people. I, th I think that that's trying to support your people, right? Because there is a balance that has to be struck. If people can't work and support themselves and pay their bills and I mean, the economic fallout of this, I don't think people have fully appreciated yet because we have been living, we've been living in a virtual bubble and we've been living in an actual bubble, like financially and everything as well. Yes, Dr. Sydney, I have been well informed that all members, and are you a member, by the way? I know you used to head up, I think, the council. I don't know if you're still on there, but I have reliably been informed that um, they, they're one of the groups that's advising the government and they had advised them to move forward with phase three. Cuba Libre, Miss Sandra of the thefts of the jewelry, that later you do leave the, oh, um, Javier, is that you and your nonsense? I don't know what you're talking about, first of all. Um, nothing has been deleted. Now, after I realized who you were, I didn't realize who you were. And I want to have some real choice words for you this morning as a Cuban. You know, I've got relatives in Cuba and you make Cubans look stupid. Cubans are ashamed that you are a Cuban. Okay. So I want you to go sit your ass down this morning, take several seats. Okay. You're what we would call a tonto. Let me tell you a little bit in Spanish. A pendejo. Okay. Go look that up. Talk about you speak three languages. I'm sure you don't need to look it up. You're an idiot. You have come to the Cayman Islands and caused nothing but havoc. We should rip your political asylum from you and ship your ass right back to Cuba. No article has ever been deleted, you fool. Go and look for it, okay? Don't come for me this morning, son, because I'm not in the mood for you and your assholery. Take your behind back to Cuba. Take the Dominican wife, the baby, go back to Cuba. You're an embarrassment to all Cubans. And I say that as someone who has Cuban family. You are ridiculous. You want to come here and exercise, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of this, freedom of that, that you would never be able to do in your own country. And you are misinformed. Nothing has been removed. Oh, I'm going to sue you, son. Bring the fucking lawsuit, okay? You're an idiot. You want to sue the Cayman Islands government? Forget about the Cayman Islands government. Come from me. Because I'll set you and your donkey self straight. Get off of my live stream this morning, Javier, if you know what's good for you.
All right. Don't bring out the Cuban in me, the ignorance that you exhibit every single day. You should be in jail, Javier. How are you even free? You go and commandeer a ship in Cayman waters, and we allow you to still walk free in this country, talking about Cuba Libre? You're stupid. You have no sense, no consideration for anybody else or their safety. You guys were threatening the people on that ship. You know what they should have done? Cayman should not have intervened. They should have left you on the ship and allow the Panamanian government to come in and blow you out of the water. That's what they should have done. I'm not, Javier, I don't care about you and your stupidity. You, you're one of those selfish people in this world who have no consideration, not even for your own child. You were letting your own child sit on that ship, running a fever. That child could have died because of your stupidity. What is wrong with you? Listen, son, don't talk to me, okay? You don't even have the right in my country to approach me and say much of anything. And I'm the person who is trying to give you fools a voice to say what is really going on here. Help me understand. But you are just selfish. And you're out there twisting this narrative and getting all these other fools to follow you. Get a hold of yourself. In Cuba, they would have handled you a long time ago. For my regular viewers, my apologies, because this idiot really ain't got no sense. Miss Brenda says, yep, same behavior they have. In <laughs> I'm lying to the public. Oh, yes, son. We're going to take your word for anything. You know what article he's talking about? Remember the robbery in um, the waterfront? And there were some allegations that because right after that, they commandeered and they, they left the island and cut off their bracelets and whatever. And there were some concerns that maybe, no one has ever been held responsible for that. There were concerns that maybe they were somehow connected to that. That's what he's talking about. Um, stupido, stupido. Okay? Escúchame. The article is still up. Go look for it. No one has removed it. It isn't fake news. That is what was being discussed in the community. And that's what we reported. So, tonto of the entire century, come off of my live stream, son. You're an idiot, okay? Good morning, uh, <laughs> Vanessa. Says he is the Cuban. This is Cuban, uh, COVID-19 Cubans. Yeah, he's, he's like COVID, really getting on my last nerve. <laughs> deported? Jay, he should be deported? No. He has so much mouth, right? Oh, yes. Oh, I can offend you. Well, thank God that somebody can offend you because you are a straight up donkey, Havana donkey. Am I offending you? Perfect. <laughs> I mean, somebody needs to offend you because nothing else offends you. He should have been deported. He should have been charged. He should be in jail, but oh, no. No, sir. Yes, we're going to remove him now because he not got nothing better to do. He just likes attention. Uh, tell me, says, boy, who makes Sandra so mad? Give it to them, uh, Sandra. Estupido. Estupido, you. <laughs> oh, my God. Bertha, good morning. Okay. Um, Javier, 
Adios. Hasta luego. Go away. Now look, we're going to block you. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh my God. Woo. It's too. <laughs> Bertha, it's too early for the trolls. Y'all making me. Like, honestly, I need a glass of wine. <laughs> Can somebody please bring me a glass of wine in a CMR mug? That fool. <laughs> you know, sometimes we cuddle people in this country way too much. <laughs> and we allow people to come in from other places and think that, oh, I'm going to be able to tell y'all what to do in this country. Uh, not quite, son. You can tell the Cayman Islands government what to do, but you're not telling me what to do on my platform. You go get a life. Oh, he's going to sue me because I said that they stole jewelry out of a jewelry store. Well, first of all, if you really understood English, you're talking about you speak three languages, you should try to master one of them. Um, you would know that that wasn't what was said. But go and sue. Everybody wants to sue. Go right ahead. Child, let's talk about John Felder, because you know what? Here's the thing. Um, they believe that because John Felder has gotten this $100,000 lawsuit that everybody's like, ooh, Sandy is so afraid. Oh, God, we coming for her. We're going to be suing Sandy. <laughs> Y'all must be too. He must be. A fool on both sides because he not got no sense. Now listen, everybody can sue. That is your God-given right, whether you have a case or not. And I want to talk about this case, not that I'm trying to um, get into all the nitty-gritty of it, but there's been a lot of people asking me about it. And of course, the poor Compass, they haven't had so many comments on a post um, in quite some time. So they're super excited to be able to put the article out there. Compass? Hello, let me give you a, um, let me give you a, uh, what's her name? Pelosi. What's her first name? Um, <laughs> help me out here. What, what is this American lady's name? Pelosi. Hold on. Um, Nancy, Nancy. I'm going to give you a Nancy Pelosi um, standing ovation. Here we go. It's a silent clap to the compass. I'm so happy that I could help you get readership and views and likes and comments. That's wonderful. Uh, kudos. I'm happy. Uh, still mightn't help you very much, but whatever. We draw in an audience and that's fine. So let's talk about why that is and what happened. Let me find the judgment here. So judgment came down this week. Uh, first of all, this has been go ongoing since um, 2009, 19, sorry, right? Um, so what we have here, folks, is this, it's a 21-page judgment. I'm going to show it to you all. It is very, very interesting, but I'm going to tell you what actually happened. Uh, yeah, child, we keep it moving. We're not paying Javier, no, no mind. So... Um, child, Kimar says, worry about going back to work. Kimar, we have, um, <laughs> Alice. Hey, James from Canada. James is probably like, oh, honey, child, it's too early for this. 
Oh, Sharon, we can't even go there with the Cubans. They were breaking all kinds of laws. But anyway, so this judgment has come down from Justice Carter, Marlene Carter. And she's, um, I think, an acting mad, a judge or whatever. So um, it's for defamation. So here's the thing, right? We wrote a series of articles on John Felder. Now he is, there's still a series of articles about him on the website. He is a fellow who used to, he started up Cayman Automotive, had Cayman in partners, which would have been Randy Marin. And uh, this dude was allowed to just essentially do whatever he wanted. And if you've ever had any dealings with Cayman Automotive, you would know that he was running the show. He was an employer of the company and he was also a, an employee of the company. And he was also a, a minority shareholder and director of the company, right? But he was the, the face of the company. He was running the show. Um, yeah, I think his comments, I did block him, but he was probably typing so many comments, child, that they were. Um, Al says, don't block him. Let him self-destruct, child. We, we should have self-destructed him, like I said, on that ship. We should have let the Panamanians handle him. You see, sometimes Caymanians are just too soft. We went in there and they gave up because they know this is the best place in the world to want to live because we're going to still support them, although they've created, they've basically hijacked a ship in Cayman waters and they didn't go to jail, only in the Cayman Islands. In Cuba, he probably would have been executed for that kind of foolishness. Put your own child at risk. By the way, remember the government took the baby? Does government still have the child? I hope to God so, because these parents are unfit. They're disgusting. Anyway, don't make my blood pressure go up here this morning because I'll remember a couple more cuss words in Spanish and y'all don't want that. I'd have to call my Cuban cousin and be like, give me a few more. <laughs> ay, 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 caramba. We are awake this morning. Anyway, back to John Felder. Woo, Cara says, oh my God, Sandy, I love your attitude. Morning, Benji. Well, you know, what is life without a little bit of attitude, y'all? Y'all be too scared to express yourself and to show people. Sometimes you got to bring out the, mm, and be like, listen, I ain't joking with you, okay? You are a guest in my country. Try and act like one. Oh my God, he's still here? <laughs> he's like that bad case of, I don't know, scavies or something that just doesn't want to go away. Fool, come off my page. <laughs> Daisy's like loca. <laughs> he must be loco, child, for coming for me this morning because he just don't know. Oh, Javier, I'm not the Cayman Islands government. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going to tell you what really should have happened to you. You should be in jail. You should never see that poor child again after putting that child's life in danger. And your wife, Erica, is just as bad as you. The mother has the baby back. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. This government not got no balls. Now, when I say government, I'm not talking about the political arm. I'm talking about the police and the courts who would give that child back. Damn fools. Anyway. <laughs> He's like COVID can't go. A chronic yeast infection. King, what the hell would you know about a chronic yeast infection? <laughs> oh my God. 
Kara says if it was a Caymanian or Jamaican that did that in the ship. Oh, a Caymanian? Girl, please. Those Panamanians would have fixed your ass a long time ago. Oh my God, Miss Brenda says he's like the Yaws. What's the Yaws? I don't even know what that means. What is that? Yeah, we we says get the fly sprit. Child, these people just they're just ridiculous. You have to laugh. Like if you don't laugh, like what else? Lord Jesus, give us strength. <laughs> we have imported some straight up stupidity into this country, and then we wonder what's wrong. We have our own homebred variety, and then we import them from all corners of the earth. Man, I tell you what, I, I would never be so disrespectful to a country that I'm actually a guest in. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, she said, ask Jamaicans, yaws? Okay. Um, <laughs> Irvin says to swat him, he's like that annoying mosquito. Woo, but he loves attention, huh? He's like an attention whore. Always wanting attention. Look at how long ago that was and he's still up in his feelings. You lucky you're not in jail, boy. Mm -mm -mm. Anyway, John Felder. Let's look at this, this lawsuit, right? Because this is so interesting. So this is a 21-page... Um, why is my screen flickering? Is that flickering for you guys? Um, it's flickering on my screen. I don't know if it's just me. Hold on. Um, mm -mm. that's, that'll give you, um, what do you call that when you get, when you get like, um, motion sickness, it's flickering for you. Oh yeah, girl. I can't, mm -mm. let me redo that. Sometimes I've noticed that that happens with the second monitor. Oh, there we go. That's better. Woo. Child, I don't want y'all to be having a um, seizure on me and then be blaming CMR for your seizure <laughs> because Lord knows, Cuban interference says Brenda. <laughs> Y'all are the best. <laughs> Can I tell you? You guys are you guys are right here with me. 424 people. We got 340 on Facebook, and then the rest on um actually 346 on Facebook, and then the rest on YouTube, another 79 or 80 on, on yes, child. Anyway, here's a lawsuit, damages for liable. So this is back in 2019. Um, so the first article that he claimed was libelous was the one called John Felder fired from Cayman Automotive. Now stick a pin. Now y'all know the basic definition of libel and defamation is when slander is when you say it, libel is when you write it. So defamation is when you say something that isn't true. And the truth is actually an absolute defense to defamation. So if somebody says it and it's true, well, you can't sue them for defamation. And that's why some of y'all be like, oh, Sandy, I'm going to sue you. And I'd be like, honey, child, don't be stupid. Because we know everything that CMR said and that I said was true. Mm. Yes. Okay. So you don't get to sue people. Oh, look, Javier's back with another account. <laughs> what a troll. No, man. Javier, you know what? 
I want you to pay attention, okay? Atención, Javier, because I know you got about five accounts. Cuban parasites are at it, says somebody. Yes, you must pay attention because you need to understand what defamation is. So basic definition is it can't be true. And there are other things like fair comment, opinion, and so forth, okay? So are you paying attention, Javier? You listening? You watching? Do less talking and more listening and paying attention. So here we are. Let's go back, Javier. I want you to listen. It said damages for liable. And this, this document, this is the judgment. This is a public document, folks. You can go read it for yourself. Don't take my word for it, right? The articles that said John Felder fired from Cayman Automotive was defamatory. Oh, really? How can that be when I have a termination letter? Now I'm going to tell you how it can be. This is just put up last month in August. How it's possible is when this man came with this lawsuit, I honestly didn't take this guy seriously. And this is my mistake. This is why, folks, the word of advice that I will give you this morning is to hire a lawyer because the lawyers will guide you in the correct way. I thought to myself, this guy is frivolous. He has no merits. You know, this is just, uh, this isn't even going anywhere. Well, don't be so sure. Mm-hmm. Ada says he's like a hyena. <laughs> Which one, John Felder or Javier? Um, so the truth is an absolute defense to defamation, but you actually have to submit your defense. And this was where I have to, in 2019, I had a lot going on. There was the Matthew Leslie case. Mm. There was the one with my millionaire friend. Mm. And then there was this one. In my mind, this was the least of my worries because I was like, well, everything I said about this guy is true. But you see, the court will only take into consideration what is put before them. So they sent the, the lawsuit. I filled it out and said, yes, I'm going to defend this. That was the end of 2019. Y'all know what happened right after that. COVID hit. Things got busy. I didn't submit my defense papers. Then the next thing I know in June or July, as soon as we reopened, they got a default judgment on the basis that I didn't submit documentation. That's what this case is. This isn't a case where we went to argue the merits of the statements. Because if that was the case, there would be no way in hell, hold on a second here now, that you would be reading a judgment with a title that says, John Felder fired from Cayman Automotive, and he has won a lawsuit saying that that's defamatory when I could at the same time, let me make sure I'm opening up the right window here, when I could at the same time show you the termination letter. So he won on a technicality. I tried to get the default judgment set aside. And again, because I don't know legal procedure, I'm like that person that they say a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. In the case of this, they're a thousand percent accurate. I should have never handled this case. Now, mind you, 
I've handled umpteen cases before in my own and did perfectly fine. But the circumstances, listen, had I filed the defense, we wouldn't be here today. Because my defense would have been like, I got the letters, I got the evidence, I got the proof. Go read the judgment. Every single thing that is in this judgment that is alleged to have been defamatory, which he got by default, right? And it's all in here. I'm not repeating the the, the allegations. I'm just saying it's all in the judgment. Uh, so you can read it for yourself. And you can see the articles that were taken down. And then you can go back and read the termination letter. So you, let's read the termination letter. The termination letter says, this is an official written reprimand for your failure to perform the functions of your position as managing director of the company appropriately. We have received numerous complaints about deposits being taken by you on behalf of the company and no vehicles being received. We're gonna to get to that in a second. The proof is in another legal document by ordering customers and have had notices for non-payment of leases for both the showroom and the service center. Mm -mm -mm. Non-payment of leases. So in other words, they weren't paying their rent and he's running the show. Non-payment of leases for both the showroom and the service center. That was in Grand Harbor. Y'all remember where they were. Uh, additionally, we have been made aware of various assertions from a potential purchaser during his due diligence exercise, whereby a convertible loan by him to the company, mm, 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 which was extended to pay off debts and regulatory and legal obligations, as well as to purchase vehicles to meet obligations have been misappropriated by you and has not been used for the intended and agreed upon purpose. There's also a previously unknown overdraft and register of members appears to have been changed on your instructions without the relevant shareholders' knowledge about it. So this is what is being alleged, okay? Uh, we're not even finished reading the letter yet, but so far, there's a lot in that initial paragraph. His employer, this letter is signed by the board of directors of Cayman Automotive, has said, we've received complaints that you've been taking customer money and not ordering cars. Mm-hmm. You're not paying the rent for the showroom and the service center. Okay, we're aware of complaints from customers, from purchasers, um, that you've gotten a convertible loan. So we know that that's the case because before this, before 2019, we've reported a numerous lawsuits that were filed against him where he was borrowing money and not paying it back. And he was using the company as collateral and as the reason for the loans that he was getting. Now, you know, if you're, you're part of a company, uh, you don't just get to make those decisions without the rest of the shareholders or the board of directors or whatever, um, having approved it, or at least some knowledge of it. Apparently they didn't know anything about it. And then they go on to allege that funds are being misappropriated for the intended purpose. So yes, you got this loan without, without our knowledge. Let me increase the size on this without our knowledge and um, so on. But in addition to that, what you did on top of it was you didn't actually use it for that purpose. What a hot mess. It goes on to say that you knowingly, you had an unknown overdraft facility. So again, the board didn't know nothing about that. 
changing the registered members. So that's the shareholders registry. So they're saying that, and you'll see where this comes up in the joint liquidators report. There's some mix up story about him selling shares that he didn't even own. Who does that? Well, that's what's being alleged here. And in the joint liquidators report, it is also in those findings. The board views these findings as serious breaches of your ex expected and entrusted fiduciary rule and the severity of your actions justify this disciplinary reprimand and call for your immediate removal as employee of the company. Now, hold on two little steps here. Let's go backwards. So according to him and his lawyers put forward this position, now you know lawyers will do anything for money. Some of them have no scruples whatsoever because you don't think that his lawyers would have been aware of his termination? Well, he seems to lawyer up for everything. But they have put forward in this lawsuit, right, that the fact that I said he was terminated was false. Doesn't seem so. I mean, I'm looking at a termination letter. They also put forward that he left because of an illness in his family, a medical reason. Okay. Let's go back to the termination letter. It says it's immediate. Uh, you are to cease any action purporting to bind the company and from taking any monies being paid into the company for any reason. You shall also provide a full list of all liabilities owed by the company because remember now he's borrowing money that they don't know anything about and a full account of what has occurred with the monies provided to you by customers for deposits for their vehicles. Mm -hmm. Let's, my apologies, let's back it up. Now, we go back to the website. Hmm. May of 2019, he is sued by Malcolm Gaskins, who turns out to be his own cousin. He's an American child. We get him from all over. Cubans, Americans, English, it don't matter where they come from, they're all looking at a quick buck. Cayman Automotive sued for $138,000 as lawsuits mount. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, there was April 1 first, where he was sued uh, for $180,000. That was two separate lawsuits, right? Again, there it is. Not making any payments is what this person alleged. David Reed, his statement of claims, you know, flossing with all kind of people. So this is what he's done. He's convinced the courts through his attorneys that he has a stellar reputation. Oh, I'm a member of Rotary. Can I tell you that when we put this story up, Rotary said, please remove our name from it. We don't want anything to do with John Felder. But again, the court only has this one side. I have to take full responsibility for this because I didn't file my defense as I should have for a variety of different reasons. So now we have a situation here with this guy who has borrowed almost $400,000 from people. I guess he thinks that my $100,000 that he's just been awarded is going to help him pay off his debt. I don't really know. But he's got extensive debt all over the place. But we're not done. Um, we have a client here, Felder signed settlement agreement. So a guy orders a Tesla vehicle. Um, I think originally the original order was a Model Y or I don't know anything about these Tesla vehicles. But... He ordered this vehicle. It never got delivered. Three years later. Buenos dias, mi amor, Alba. 
three years later, he doesn't have his vehicle. So this is, uh, this client then decides that he's going to lawyer up. So he gets himself a lawyer because you can imagine paying almost a full amount on a car or even a deposit and three years in, you don't have your car. Now that's a lot of patience. I can tell you one thing again, had it been a Caymanian, we wouldn't be seeing this foolishness. They wouldn't be so considerate. Give me one second, folks. I've got my sinuses are a little bit irritated. Enjoy a little commercial. So uh, this guy lawyers up three years later and um, says, listen, I paid all this money, $60,000 car, and I can't get my car all now. So this here, it's called a settlement deed and release, is between John Felder, Cayman Automotive Leasing, and Finn, which is funny, um, care of Travers Thorpe Alberga, Okay. So he had, he had Mr. Alberga dealing with this for him. And you can read through it again. It's on the website. And basically, it's like you need to find a vehicle for this client and deliver it so that this contract is fully, um, finally, three years in, executed. Mm. Mm -mm. Good morning, Tyrone. We're not done yet. There's also a cease and desist letter from his previous employer. Now, in the judgment, go read the judgment because it will tell you that um, one of the defamatory articles or statements or whatever, you can read everything that we said and then go back and check, check it based on what's on the website as evidence. The documents are there. So he claims that, oh, he went to the U.S. Uh, because of illness. Uh, his grandbaby was sick. It says statement at paragraph nine, whatever. I'm not going to read it because I'm going to let you read it. See what it says there? Well, here's what the cease and desist letter said. The cease and desist letter says that you executed a share transfer form, right? Where you transferred shares to this guy, Larry McGean, 1,400 ordinary shares that you didn't have. The director... Directors, Randy Marin, Justin Bodden, Paul Pellegrino, passed the resolution approving these shares, but it turns out that he was trying to give the man or sell the man more shares than he actually had. He was trying to sell like 60% of the company and he was the minority shareholder. 
What do you call someone who does something like that? I don't know. It says, despite the fact that you're plainly no longer a director or shareholder of the company, as a result of the above steps, we've been instructed that um, in early September 2019, so remember we just looked at a termination letter that was dated August. So they terminate him in August of 2019. In September of 2019, he's instructing some guy named Jason Andrews of Andrews Design and Branding to cease work on the company's new website and to redirect the company's domain to your own Premier Automotive export website. Wow, who does that? I'm just saying, that's crazy. So you get fired from a company, you call a website designer and say, stop working on the company's website. And anyone who goes to that website have it forwarded to my own new company that I've set up. Whoa. Okay. He also told this Andrews guy to stop doing business with Mr. McGee, the same guy that he showed his, sold his shares to, you know, who had given him a deposit for the new website. Uh, claiming that Mr. McGee has no authority to have a new website built for the company. And that he's still in charge of the company. He was fired, but he's telling people he's still in charge of the company. He's making the decisions. Wow. Mm -mm -mm. Then in October, so he got fired in August. In September, was doing all this stuff. October, he then sends emails to one of the company's customers, right? saying that he is still the largest shareholder of the company. Wow. And then again in, in October, sent another email claiming that the website was his, that he personally owned the company's intellectual um, property, including the company's name, logo, and printed material. So Ogier sent, them, sent him a letter saying you need to stop it. Cease and desist from falsely representing that you're a shareholder in or a director of the company or that you have any remaining connection with or control of the company, its operations, or its intellectual property. Folks, go back to the judgment. Because in the judgment, you will see that those are the same things that were alleged. And now the court says, by default, are defamatory. It's quite shocking. But again, this is where you have to man up or woman up and say, I uh, misjudged this, this situation severely and I should have hired a lawyer. We ain't got no money here at CMR. So, you know, that is a difficulty because lawyers don't come cheap and they don't come for free, especially the good ones. And then we go on. Uh oh. And we look at the joint liquidators report. And one of the things that, you know, the liquidators came in afterwards to wind up the company. So there's a, it was involuntary winding up after all this mess had happened in 2020. And the liquidators report, very, very extensive report, folks, 143 pages. It has all the emails. Go and check it out to your heart's content. Tells you a lot of what went down. And it talked about, let's look at the section as it relates to Mr. Felder. So first of all, 
Um, we see the shareholders here, right? We see who the shareholders were of the company. John Felder had a mere 26%, with 16% used as collateral for a loan involving John Bodden, which by the way, to even get the company started, he had to borrow money from Randy Merritt. Now, Randy, where are you at, my little extended cousin? You're a Caymanian. What I want to say to you, Randy, is how are you going around loaning this man all kind of money to start up this business? I got some business ideas too that I need to get started. You're going to help a Caymanian get started? Because I don't think we're going to carry on quite like this. People come here selling us a bag of air and we want to believe everything they have to say. Oh, the cars of the future are going to be, you know, these cars. I'm, I'm going to get multi-million dollar contracts from Cuba. Oh, no, we've not seen a contract from Cuba. So his law firm, Priestley's, they've been working hard on his behalf. So dishonest. And when they couldn't answer a question, when the liquidator said, we need this information, they just avoided it altogether. Now, if you're a lawyer and your client can't give you a straight answer, can't provide you with information for liquidators, they're, they are court appointed liquidators, folks. You wouldn't start to think that maybe my client uh, isn't the most honest person in the world. I'm just saying. But these are the kind of lawyers right here that don't care about nothing. They're just looking at a paycheck. No scruples. No, this is wrong. You shouldn't be deceiving the court. You should be helping the liquidators. You have a legal obligation to help the liquidators. And they say that in the, in the joint liquidators report. So Randy Marin uh, loans this dude some money to get the company started. Never got his money back. Bank accounts are all shoddy. So they say that they could even get proper financials. They had to access some limited financial data at a transactional level, which disclosed the following. Total owner's equity was recorded at almost $800,000. I guess that's what Randy had put into the business and what this dude was owing. Shareholder investments, $1.4 million. Year-to-date losses for 2020, almost $70,000. Retained earnings, $2.1 million. Now, I'm no expert here, but I think we got a problem. Company's liabilities recorded at one point, let's round it up, $2 million against recorded assets of $375,000. Um, again, I'm not a financial guru, but I think if you have liabilities that exceed, and this is a lot of exceeding, your assets, that means you're in the red, honey. You got a failing company. Mm, mm, mm. Unpaid payroll, security and deposit, long-term long loans, $773,000. And some of that, as you'll read later on in the joint liquid liquidators report, was Felder going around borrowing money from people. Wow. So the company had several bank accounts. Here it is now. 
one of the loans that they had that Fowler took out. Oh, we not hold on. We're not getting to that yet. Hold on. Background information. So this will help Ms. Brenda answer some of your questions. He is an American citizen, founded the company in 2005. Uh, according to his lawyers, he's a former shareholder who effectively was the founder of the business and ran it until last summer. And he claims he left because he had a sick grandbaby. We've seen the termination letter. He claims he has proof of debt in the liquidation in the amount of $125,000. So he's trying to claim $125,000 from the company that they owe him. Let's continue reading the facts because the facts can never get you in trouble. And we are reading this from the joint liquidators report. We're on page nine. Before he ceased to be a shareholder and director of the company, Felder was an authorized signatory on the company's bank account with Scotia Bank. They talk about in July of 2019, right before he got fired in August of 2019, that Felder signed a share purchase agreement where he said he's the owner in clear title of 30%, 30 shares of the ordinary shares of Cayman Automotive Leasing. He goes on to say that he's going to sell McBean. He's going to procure the purchase of the remaining 10 shares in the capital of the company from existing shareholders as set out herein. So he enters into a purchase agreement basically with McGean for 40 shares, 40%. McGean pays him $200,000. Well, the capital of the company for purchase price of $200,000 payable on closing of the agreement. It goes on to say that he was unable to procure the additional 10 shares and the price was reduced to $150,000. Uh-huh. He says that he's not bound by any agreement that would prevent any transactions connected with the agreement and that there's no legal action or suit pending against any party to his knowledge that would materially affect the agreement. Okay. They go on to say, the circumstances surrounding the completion of this agreement and its enforceability now appear to be in dispute between Felder and McGean. And they go on to talk about his lawyers sending a letter claiming that he hasn't been paid all this money. Let's move on. Judgments against uh -oh, Felder and the company. So he just won a judgment against me. Like I said, we will be appealing this. He himself has numerous judgments against him for borrowing people's money and not paying it back. Very different types of judgments, I would say. From a review of the company's books and records, the joint liquidators have learned that on September the 19th, 2018, Mr. David Reed, who's a creditor of the company and member of the liquidation committee, obtained a default judgment against the company and John Felder in the sum of $125,000, 125,67.25. I'm telling you, I guess my judgment is going to help him pay some of this. I don't know. But he got one for 125. The judgment stems from a failure by the company to repay money borrowed from Mr. Reed to purchase vehicles. Felder gave a personal guarantee for the loan. 
Mm -mm -mm -mm. on October the 18th, 2017. In a letter from his lawyers, the real honest lawyers here, they claim, they claim that Felder believes that payments may in fact have been made to the company, by the company to Mr. Reed. He believes you're running the company, you should, you should know. And that these should be apparent from the company's books and records. For example, Mr. Felder believes from the records that he's been able to access that payments were made by the company in the amount of $1,500 on a $125,000 loan. Uh, $15,000 from, it says on January the 15th, 2019. And on the 31st, another $1,500. <laughs> this claim has yet to be fully investigated by the joint liquidators report. But it appears that a sizable portion of the judgment debt remains unpaid. Mm, 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 mm. And then it says here, a copy of the default judgment is at Appendix 8. We can, we can look at that, you know. From a review of the company's books and records, they also learned that there was another loan from Malcolm Gaskins, who happens to be his own cousin. Obtained a judgment against Falder and the sum of $130,000 US. Again, money loaned to the company. And again, the lawyers have an excuse. They say Mr. Falder has made arrangements directly with his cousin. Mm -mm -mm. No further details have been provided to the joint liquidators. Accordingly, it is a matter of fact. Okay. It is a matter of fact, this report says, that under Mr. Felder's stewardship of the company, judgment debts and the combined sums of at least $364,000 US were incurred against both the company and himself in a personal capacity as guarantor. Did y'all just read what I just read? Mm, mm, mm. On top of that, on April the 4th, 2019, that would be mere months before he got terminated, the company entered into a loan facility with Cayman National Bank in the amount of $44,417. Mr. Felder signed the offer letter as director of the company and also provided an unlimited guarantee of the loan in his personal capacity. As further security for the loan, liens were provided by the company to Cayman National over two vehicles which were already the subject of a lease to buy agreement. Now, hold on a second here. How can you give somebody a lien over something else that somebody else is purchasing? And apparently the bank didn't know that. Just a little minor detail. You know, it's like if you borrow a house, money for a house, the bank is going to be, they're going to have the first lien on it. Nobody else can come and supersede their lien. So had they known that they were getting a lien on vehicles that were already subject to a purchase to buy agreement or lease to purchase agreement, certainly CNB would not have been using those vehicles as collateral. Well, the company, surprise, surprise, defaulted on the loan yet again. And CNB has submitted a proof of debt in the amount of $36,393.84. The joint liquidators report or joint liquidators wrote to Felder on January the 8th, 
asking inter alia, which means amongst other things, for an explanation as to what occurred in relation to this loan facility and the security provided. Well, they gave some answer about, oh, there's nothing stopping them from using it as collateral. That CNB was aware that the vehicles were being leased. Mm -mm. He doesn't recall, he has a lot of memory issues. He doesn't recall whether this was mentioned during the lease process. And that CNB hasn't called upon her client to repay the loan. Well, if it's in default, I'm a little bit confused by that. Again, this explanation requires further investigation. <laughs> then it goes on to talk about the Ogier letter, the cease and desist letter, post-company involvement. His company that he has out of Miami. Mm. What a mess. <sighs> Folks, the only advice I can tell you is, is I didn't take it for myself, is sometimes, like Felder, you need to lawyer up because you will have lawyers saying anything on your behalf, whether it's true or not. The difference is I wouldn't never permit a lawyer to say something on my behalf that actually wasn't true. Um, other people don't have those sorts of standards, obviously. There's a lot in here, it goes on to say that they have requested information from the lawyers and despite numerous requests to provide said information, his lawyers nor himself have provided it and they're making the court aware of that. Isn't this amazing? A joint liquidators report is something that is filed with the courts, folks. But again, this isn't something because of my um, inability to understand this case and to deal with it in the manner in which I should have. This isn't something that was put before the judge when it should have been. Anyway, folks, we carry on. Uh, we are not defeated. Never. Meeting with some lawyers and uh, we hope to be able to get this situation sorted out. I want to thank all of you who have reached out. There's some of you who reached out and said, Sandy, I'm going to help you with legal fees. I appreciate that. We might have to set up a CMR legal fee GoFundMe page or something. But uh, one way or the other, we're going to get this sorted out and get this dealt with. I will keep you guys updated because I know you want to know what's transpiring with this situation. And I will happily do so. Everton, child. Mm -mm -mm. I tell you. So a bit of news coming out of the region today. Antigua is mandating vaccines. Yes, honey child. The UK. Oh, honey child. The UK is also in nursing homes. Hi, Miss Sue. And other locations mandating vaccines. And there's some people who are saying, I will not get vaccinated, so I'm going to leave. Well, that's their choice. You can leave your job. That's not a problem. <clears throat> I want to share something with you guys to show you how the medical professionals are under so much stress with the current situation. 
as it relates folks to vaccines, COVID patients, and so on. Have a look at this. This is um, just shocking information. There are people in Cayman who are saying, listen, you might be family, but if you will not get vaccinated, you can't come and visit me. You can't come to see my children. Cameron says, Mario says, meet my full of beans. He got $50 for you. Cha, please. Mario can keep that $50. He probably needs it more than me. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. There are certain people you never take money from, Cameron. Never. And um, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> He'll be all right. And he don't go to Full of Beans no more because him and his BFFs at Full of Beans had a big blowout last year or this year during the election. He was cussing going on at Full of Beans to the point where one of the parents of children in the area had to say, excuse me, sir, um, your language is extremely um, offensive. And we've got children right here attempting to have some breakfast. What is wrong with you? Where are you from, good sir? Please. Not in front of the children. Mm -mm -mm. Cameron, a joke, ain't I? About fifty dollars. <laughs> uh, have a have a look at this while I take a little bit of a breather. Woo! Y'all got things hot going on hot here today. This morning, coronavirus transmission so high in Kentucky amid the latest surge. Officials announced yesterday that a fifth of Kentucky school districts have had to close at some point already this school year because of an increase in cases. Hospitalizations across the state have also spiked to new records. Cena's Miguel Marquez was able to get access to an ICU in Hazard, Kentucky. Miguel joins us now. And again, Miguel, as I keep on pointing out to our viewers, you, you've been all around the country for the last 18 months, state to state, ICU to ICU. And here you are now this morning in Kentucky. No one's more shocked than me. I mean, I thought I would be done with hospitals and this sort of reporting a long time ago. But look, not only are cases up in Kentucky, but in Hazard, Perry County, it has one of the highest case rates in the entire country. We visited one hospital that has tons of patients, but not enough staff. It is more than cold. Believe that. Billy Couch didn't think much about COVID till he got it. Don't mess around because this ain't a joke. This is not fun and games. I've been here so long. I want to go home, but I can't go home because I can't breathe still. It. This is not a game at all. When you're sitting here and you can't breathe and you feel like you're going to die. In the hospital, 19 days now, the unvaccinated 42-year-old isn't sure how he picked up the virus. He toughed it out at home for eight days before being admitted. How serious is COVID? It's bad to the bone. I recommend everybody wash their hands, do what they got to do, stay home, stay social distance, because it's bad. Trust me, it's bad. Until you had it, did you think it was bad? No. What did you think it was? I didn't pay no attention, be honest, but I do now. And get your shots. Wanda Combs manages the nursing staff in the COVID ICU at Appalachian Regional Healthcare's largest facility in Hazard, Kentucky. A nurse for 30 years, the job never tougher. It's been very, very hard. And um, 
I get emotional <laughs> because it is our community. ICU nurses work very hard. They work very hard every day, but you can usually see a difference. So you work hard and you see a difference and that's that's okay. You don't care that you're tired. You've, you've made a difference. So with this, they still work just as hard, harder. And it, it really hurts when you don't see a difference. Just when they thought they were through the worst of the pandemic, it's come roaring back. Patients younger, sicker, harder to treat. The family, you know, it's hard for them to realize, oh, you mean this is the end? Do you really mean this is the end? It is our community. It's people that we know, we know people they're related to. So it's that's what's really hard on the nurses is the emotional part too. In the COVID ICU here in Hazard, every bed taken by those suffering from severe cases of COVID-19, every patient intubated except for one. What is this virus doing to places like Hazard, Kentucky? It's destroying us. Yeah. We're, I mean, everybody's getting it. Everybody's getting sick. Everybody's, I don't know. We're just seeing a lot right now. Appalachian Regional Healthcare has 13 facilities across Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia its entire system now overwhelmed by COVID. We have no ICU beds available, zero. Zero across zero. 13 facilities. Across 13 facilities, we have zero ICU beds available. We have 35 patients waiting in our ERs for beds. Today, Appalachian Regional Healthcare has three, three regular beds available across its entire system. They've cleared space and made room for 200 beds that sit empty, unable to staff them. We have applied for FEMA disaster medical teams at multiple of our hospitals. Our understanding is right now that Louisiana is in dire need, and so most of their teams are there. So we are on the list, and once they have availability, we hope that we will be able to get support. The hospital system needs 170 nurses today to open up extra beds. Nurses now working longer hours and doubling up on patients just to keep up. One respiratory therapist should comfortably have four ventilator patients, um, you know, because we work with the nurses as well. But right now I have about seven to eight ventilators per respiratory therapist. Here in Hazard, patients are coming in younger and sicker than nurses have ever seen. We're seeing much younger patients now than we did before. So we're seeing, I have patients from 20 years old today up to 75 years old. So the it attacks everyone. It's not just limited to one age group. This year, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's I've had several patients under 20 years old. Under so, 20? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. sick? Very sick, actually, for their age. Now, this hospital system thinks that their cases and hospitalizations will continue into late September, early October, and then they hope that they will start to come down. And I know I will sound like an idiot when I say, you know, 95, more than 95% of all the patients that are admitted for COVID in that hospital system are unvaccinated. John? It's it's not idiotic at all. It's the fact, Miguel. And again, I just, younger and sicker these patients are, and you've gone hospital to hospital. The one thing that's consistent is that the patients are unvaccinated. And when we talk about the strain on the system and what the unvaccinated are, frankly, doing to the country, it's the strain on the system that you are seeing in hospitals like this. This is why the ICUs are filled. 
Yeah, it, 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 we're going to get to a terrifying point in some points. So and we saw this early on in New York when there were so many people that were sick. There were people dying at home, people who couldn't get to the hospital, people they could they could treat them if they got to the hospital but sometimes they couldn't even get through the parking lot into the hospital and that's where they're heading right now the system is completely full across the entire area and any one thing any any more spike in cases and a bad flu season and and any sort of traumatic event it will push whole areas into the red basically and you will have people dying in very big numbers that basically just can't get the level of care they need any so. any reticence to treat the unvaccinated as opposed to people coming into the ICU with other things from these healthcare workers you're talking to? No, I mean, you, you know, you have the monoclonal antibody unit and these hospitals are standing those units up as fast as they can. They could go 24 hours a day. What is the most bizarre thing on the planet is that the people who do not want to get vaccinated are perfectly happy to accept the monoclonal antibody unit treatment which is also uh, a brand new uh, treatment, which is you know, similar to a vaccine. It's just a, a different type of antibody that you're putting into your body in an IV drip with a much bigger needle. John? Miguel Marquez, I keep wondering what state we'll see you from next. Thank you so much for your continued reporting on this. <laughs> what a sad state of affairs, folks. Uh, I was watching BBC News this morning Oops, as I was getting ready. And uh, same thing, in the UK, they have um, staff that are um, leaving their jobs because they are refusing to get vaccinated. Um, nursing home staff, I think nursing home, you work with elderly patients. What's the logic? Anyway, uh, they, want, they don't want to get vaccinated. And these nursing homes are saying, we don't care, go. It is creating a shortage. And so they were actually having a recruitment um, drive. I saw it this morning on the news, um, in a hotel, and literally hiring people on the spot. And um, they were bragging about how they were paying them $16 an hour, 12, no, 12 and $16 an hour or something. I'm like, wow, is that a big salary in the UK? I mean, I don't know. I've never lived in the UK, so I don't know what relative to their economy, what's that like, right? But um, yes. Uh, people would rather not have a job. People would rather be separated fa from family. Now, um, <clears throat> I tell you what is happening elsewhere in the world. Um, Dr. Fauci is saying that U.S. travelers should be vaccinated uh, before boarding a plane. So let's see if that's going to be um, something that is forthcoming. Again, this BRAC situation um, is really not good. There are people who are saying that, you know, they were standing next to people in the hospital with their son on the BRAC when they're being told, oh, you need to do contact tracing. Uh, Kim Andins, you're being very, very reckless walking into the ER to have contact tracing done. You know, going to the BRAC, there is a, a slew of messages in circulation naming these individuals because they're so reckless. They are um, indeed being named. Um, I'm not going to name them yet, but I think at some point we got to start naming reckless Caymanians. <clears throat> so someone says, I got me two names, two peoples with kids that attend Georgetown Primary School. And uh, they were in isolation, but work at the airport. 
about they don't see their kids like WTF. Uh -uh. So they've given names here of who those people are. And you know, the person who's circulating this, honey child, by two, by two minutes from now, your names will be all over Cayman. And I, I'm, I, I may not name you, but it's going to be all over the island because this person has a long list of people in their WhatsApp list. And if you're actually doing this and you're being reckless, it says that this person has a son in the year four group where two kids have tested positive and she's going to work normal shift at the airport. They're like, really? I'm going to send this to Chucky. Clifford. Because if this is really going on, he needs to know what his staff is up to as well. Check it out, investigate it, and let us know. We all beyond reckless. Um, mm -mm. Ay, ay, ay. What a hot mess. Thank you, Louis, for the picture. That's beautiful. Um, please ask this question in the next press briefing. Okay. Mm -mm -mm. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Wow. We. Everybody's gone. Start mad. Let's see here. Um, uh, 16 pounds is like $30. Is that good money to be making an hour for being nursing? Child, that's, that's, I don't know if that would be enough to put your life at jeopardy too. Uh, Richard says you have the same illogical people in Cayman. Yes, we do. We certainly do. Um, they should not be able to collect unemployment, see how they'll pay their bills. Mm -mm. Uh, yes, it's true. My sister-in-law is a matron of nursing home for 27 years and told her staff to go if they refuse the vaccine. Um, so they all got it. Uh, Nidia, buenos dias. She says, thank you, Sandra, for fixing Javier this morning. Ciao. He needed, he needed more fixing, but anyway, we're going to leave him alone because he not got no sense, but you're welcome. <laughs> Yes, we will say things on this show that nobody else will say. Nobody else will tell um, Javier and others like him the truth. But maybe they need to listen to a little bit more of the cool hard truth. So this is an interesting development with an Antigua. Uh, and is it Antigua or Antigua? Hold on. Let me make some. Antigua. Yes. Antigua. Yes, that's who they are. Um, so Yes. Good for them. They're mandating it. Let's see what they say here. Um, Antigua and Barbuda, a dramatic escalation of COVID-19 over the last few weeks has caused the Gaston Brown administration to take extreme measures, woo, including mandatory vaccination for all eligible persons residing in the country. They have more than 2,000 cases since March of last year. <clears throat> and... Uh, Multiple days in recent weeks reflecting 100 new cases a day. Lord have mercy. Four deaths recorded in the last six hours. 
50 deaths in total. So they issued a statement last night that you are going to get vaccinated. And their premier said, is she a premier? Um, I don't know what her official title is. Maybe she's a premier, but she said, I have signaled to the people of Antigua, Antigua and Barbuda months ago that if we have to make vaccinations mandatory in this country, we will do so. We're not afraid to do it. Bam. And she did it. Ooh, I got a good, hold on. I got a good call coming in. This person normally got some updated news from Hannah Child. So hold on one second. Let's get some breaking news. Y'all stay tuned. Wow, what a hot mess, y'all. Y'all ready for this one? Uh, let me put it this way. We'll, we'll put this in the category of it's still a rumor, but it is a well-placed rumor. Speculation, not confirmation. Here you go. Mm-mm. Lord Jehovah. This is what I'm hearing. And I actually believe this. And I'll tell you why here in a second. We are understanding that we have a total of 19, 19 children. from Georgetown Primary who have now tested positive. There is a rumor about prison. The prison director has said no. There is another rumor that four emergency room doctors have been sent home to isolate. And potentially another case at SEMA. Wow. Hmm. 
This is crazy. I don't know what to tell y'all, but this is, this is crazy. And I believe it because like I said, I know that people late last night were getting, they had had some results from their household and then they had other results that hadn't come in yet. So they were thought, they were thinking that, oh yeah, you know, nobody's, I don't have it. So I guess everybody else is going to be okay. You can't make that assumption. And then later on, they're getting positive results that their children have it and other people have it. You got to stay ass home. So what my sources told me last night in relation to testing is that there were still a number of test results that were outstanding. And so the HSA and whoever else they're using for testing public health were doing their best to try to get the positive results out because y'all were getting false hope. Mind you, the government still told you to stay home, remain in isolation. So they have a directive from public health, or not from public health, public health got a directive to get all the positive reports out ASAP. Email everyone. So I wouldn't be surprised if that number has gone up to 19 in total. Well, yesterday we heard there was 10 connected cases anyway. Now we're hearing 19 children. Like I said, this hasn't been confirmed by the government, but y'all know I'm, I got my well-placed sources everywhere. CC says it's not their fault. It's out of control. Well, it's somebody's fault. <laughs> I mean, we have somebody's got to take responsibility. Okay, whose fault is it? The unvaccinated. I don't care what y'all want to say. You're at fault. Because you're waiting too long to get vaccinated. And the protection that we could have given these children from this running rampant in the adult population, y'all have not, you've had, you haven't done that. And I don't want to hear your foolishness about, oh, but a vaccinated person can still get it. The facts. The facts. Who else is at fault? You donkey parents, jackasses, who are going out there after you've been told. Government, listen, in the media group, they sent out a message. Please continue to remind parents. I'm like, what's wrong with parents? What's wrong with y'all? You're going to the BRAC. You're going to the hospital. You're going out to restaurants. If you are connected to Georgetown Primary, you need to stay isolated. So you're at fault. So Cindy, the poor little children not at fault, but their stupid parents are, and their guardians who are supposed to be protecting them, but not got no sense. Yes, so got a bubble bust long time. We need to stop sugarcoating this. Oh, nobody's at fault. It's not your fault when you get COVID. Yes, it is. If you're doing, if you're not doing the thing, now listen. If you're taking every precaution in the world and you still get it, which I suppose that's possible, but we know that's not what's happening here. Y'all are out and about. You're not wearing your mask. You're not sanitizing. You're definitely not taking your vaccine. You're complaining about vaccine rights and this, that, and the next thing. 
anyway, like I said, we'll wait official confirmation on those things, but that is what is being discussed this morning um, in the local community. We need to get it together and we need it to get we need to get it together very, very quickly. Stop playing around with COVID because COVID ain't playing around with you. That's the bottom line. And then y'all want to blame the poor government for everything. You have to take some personal accountability at some point. The government can't follow you around and beat you over the head and say, well, you must do this. You must do that. There are other governments who are going to mandate this and eventually our government probably will too because y'all just can't hear. It's a shame. But there's a little sliver of hope. The HSA is hiring. (laughs) So there you go. Poor them. They're so inundated um, that they have some opportunities for employment. So if you want to get a job, and you should be, here is your opportunity to do so. And you can make, how much are they paying again? I can't remember, but it's salary not too bad. Here, yeah. Somebody sent me this. Vaccines work then and now. 14 diseases that we've controlled thanks to vaccines. Tetanus, influenza, hepatitis B and A. Rubella, Hib, measles. I've never even really heard of Hib. What is Hib? What does it do to you? I'm sure it's horrific. Uh, whooping cough, mononuclear disease. <laughs> New, is it mononuclear? No, it's it's pneumo. Oh my God. Hold on. Uh, pneumo. I'm having a John John moment. Y'all give me a second now. Y'all know there is no word that is going to get the better of me with the technology that we have available. Y'all hold on here now. M and it's like pneumonia, but it's really twisting at my tongue here. Pneumonocle. <laughs> hold on. Uh, it's the, it's the, hold on. Nope, that's not the spelling. Well, dictionary doesn't have this word in here. Yes, they must have it. P N E U M O C O. Uh huh. C C A L. They don't. They don't have that word. They have a, a version of it. Pneumococcus. Pneumococcus. So then, here's the thing. Thank God for modern technology. If I can pronounce pneumococcus. Then I just need to change the end. And I can say pneumococcal disease. Pneumococcus. Yes, thank you, dictionary.com. You're a friend when you're not quite sure how to pronounce a word. Check it out. Rotavirus, mumps, chicken pox, diphtheria. Jonathan says, let's get the borders open. These people of God and people of perfect community have all the money in the world uh, to maintain their lives. And to them, COVID is just the flu. So let's continue to drink their bush tea with garlic, honey, and rum. And let's get this over and done with. Oh, Lord. Really? You know, some of those same people talking about don't get vaccinated. 
and the Bible says don't do it, I look at them and I think to myself, you don't look like you would really do too well with COVID. Like, I'm not so sure that you would survive. I'm just saying. Nobody knows who's going to survive. But when I look at you, I look at you very suspect. And I think, "Mm, yes. I know I don't have a good chance of survival. That's why I'm not playing around with COVID. No, sir. I think a lot of the children, Diana, are um, asymptomatic. So they're not demonstrating any significant symptoms to speak of. Cece, um, you have a lot of questions, girl. And I know you've not been paying attention to what we've been saying on the show. So she said, help me to make this sense. If it's so contagious, how can one test positive and the entire family test negative? Families live, eat, and drink together. Well, honey child, you might be testing negative right now, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to test positive soon. And there are times when just like the common flu, you could be sleeping in bed with somebody and you don't get it and they have it. So, (coughs) sorry. It doesn't mean, again, we go back to this concept, not everything's 100%. So no, it doesn't mean that you are going to get it. Your chances are obviously higher if you're in the same household. However, just because you don't have it yet, don't mean you're in the clear either. Mark my word. So um, I would suggest within households, you take precautions because if you got four or five people in a household and everybody gets COVID, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Mm-mm. What a mess. Um, so again, there's a rumor foot folks that the number has, uh, gone up. Um, I've just got a friend who says, Hey, Sandy, I got something for you, but I'm here at the house, but I'm in quarantine. You keep it, honey child. When you out of quarantine and you test negative, then you call me. Because I'm not about that life. I will not be caught breaching any such provisions. I'm not going to your house. I'm not taking anything from your house. Um, thank you so much for the pronunciation. Pneumococcal. Yes, that's phonetics. Thank you. Um, hot mess. I'm getting excited about the vaccine drive, the DMS vaccine drive that's coming up. Um, oh, but wait a minute. Damn. If I win the $100,000... John Felder might be trying to get his hands on that. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, God, I'm caught between a rock and hard place now. Like, I definitely could use $100,000, but I'm not winning $100,000 to be able to give it to a guy who was fired, who owes over $300,000 to other people, and the long list of other things. So how, well, this, is, this, is quite a, this is quite a situation. Hmm. I don't know. Do I still wish to win it? Yes, I think so. I shall remain positive. I wish to win it because one has to be confident. (laughs) One has to be confident uh, that the appeal will be successful and the court of appeal will see the truth. Hmm. 
can we transfer the $100,000? So if I want it, can I transfer it to somebody else? Is there a, a legal right of transfer? <laughs> I've got a friend said, put it in my name. Yes. Hmm. I gotta think about this. But you know, if I want it, you guys would be all over that. Um, about how, oh, Sandy must be in cahoots with DMS, how she won it. No, it's going to be random. In fact, I think it's the HSA providing just a random number, right? And then they pick the winner and then the HSA has to verify that the person is indeed fully vaccinated. Like there's a whole verification process to make this as legit as possible. So Soka says, imagine if a wealthy expat winning that dough. That's the thing. It's luck of the draw. Anybody could win it. I understand that um, they're starting to put the monitors on people because Sabrina was asking, are those kids in isolation? Well, I sure hope so. Oh. Uh, Jasana says, honestly, it's like some people get hit with a dumb stick too hard and came out. Get vaccinated, wear your mask, sanitize, and stay behind home in isolation if you need to. The thing uh, is, Cayman has been so fortunate thus far and not felt what the actual impact. Yeah, it was only a matter of time, though. It was really only a matter of time. I think we were hoping it would come later, but here it is. Which, you know, I go back to this point again. This means that we have had this COVID thing in the community for a while. It's only now because people are starting to get sick, like the, the kid at Georgetown Primary got sick. How long has this child had it? Now, potentially 19 other people connected to that situation. Um, my relative in Northside, you know, how did they catch it? It's It's been here. The bubble that we have created has been a bubble in our own psyche, in our own minds. And we've been happy to live in la-la land. And now it's back to reality. You know, the bubble has burst. As um, Soka said, the bubble has a lot of holes in it. Isn't it funny how we are so happy to believe certain things? Oh, we're COVID free. We're doing great. Mm. The powers that be should have been telling you a long time ago. Wendy, bless Wendy Ledger's little heart. She foresaw it that day. She's like, is it possible we have community spread and y'all just don't know it? Yes, Wendy. It's more than possible. It's quite highly, highly probable. And now we see, bam, of course. Uh, someone says people are just not informing themselves. Richard, yes, it's going to hit us hard. Uh, if the anti-vaxxers are not worried about COVID, why should we do all the testing for all the incoming flights? Let's save that money and build some rooms in Northward. <laughs> Hospital rooms at Northward? Oh, Lord. Ay, ay, ay. Mm -mm 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 -mm. What a hot mess. 
Um, so rumors are definitely afoot. Uh, we'll have to see what flushes out. Um, no word yet on if the government is going to be having a press conference today. Maybe. Uh, the Miss Cayman pageant, folks, will go on this weekend, in case you missed that announcement. They put certain protocols in place. So they're refunding money to a lot of people, and they are having limited people allowed on the inside and limited people allowed on the outside. And the good news is we will stream the event for you, so you're not going to miss it. Good morning, Miss Marcia. Uh, Nona, thank you. Said so COVID has been here since the government reduced the quarantine to five days. It might have been here before then. And let everyone quarantine in their home, own home with no signage. That was about two months ago. And with the loosening of regulations we put in place. <laughs> Jonathan says we could have cell block anti-vax. <laughs> you not easy. Uh, Marcia says, don't worry about anything. When you fall for something, anything will happen. Just hold your head high and stress less. Well, what a mess. Mm -mm -mm. Let's see what the seven-day Adventist uh, church has said on the matter. Good morning, Miss Ruby. Joining from Georgia, the beautiful state of Georgia. Is Georgia the peach state? I think it is. Have a look at this good advice. Greetings to everybody. It is a wonderful occasion to be able to greet our TV, radio, and whatever social media audience and to be able to relate to you what is the church position on this COVID vaccination. The statistics of today of this COVID pandemic infection, 194 million people have been infected. Wow, that is such a big, big number. And 4.16 million people are dead because of this virus. You can see this is really very serious. And that's the reason why we need to illustrate you we need to tell you about what is the church position because the church wants to help you, okay? Now, the General Conference actually had a statement on vaccination way back in 2014. And this vaccination statement still continues to be utilized. And it is more so important during this time of the pandemic, okay? Now, the statement that the church is saying is that we are encouraging people the church is not neutral it does not say well it's up to you to decide whether you want to be vaccinated or not but it is recommending and encouraging people to have vaccination now why do you think the church is encouraging and not just taking a neutral position or being silent about this vaccine okay uh, you know, as a church, we encourage people to undergo or to embark into a healthy lifestyle. Uh, we have the new start. We have celebrations. We have creations. 
And as you know, all of these are actually encouraging people to do exercises, to take what we call a more plant-based diet, having a lot of liquids and water, and trust in divine power. Now, we don't have any question when the church is encouraging us to embark in this new start and celebrations lifestyle. And now, similarly, the church is encouraging, just like we are encouraging you to embark on new start and celebration. The church is encouraging that we are going to embark in this vaccination, especially COVID-19 vaccination. Well, one of the reasons, you see, the church is not just going to stand because it believes that this vaccine is very important. This vaccine can really save lives. Not only that, also to prevent infection to other people. You know, when we are going to have this COVID infection, it is not only us who are going to be involved. I know of families. First of all, the wife got it and then the husband got it. The husband even died. Not only that, but also to the grandparents. So it is really also a social responsibility. And as you know, with this Delta variant going on, and we have so many variants going on, Alpha, Beta here in South Africa, then Delta, Delta even plus, and then the Lambda, the more we wait for us to be vaccinated, the more these var variants are going to come up. And when they come up, they become more virulent. They become more vicious. And it is more difficult for us to treat. So it's very important that when we embark in vaccination, it helps to prevent these variants from coming up. But what does the vaccine do? Okay, first of all, you have to realize then when you get vaccinated, the body is prepared for a viral attack. You know, like for instance, if you know that somebody is going to come into your house, uh, to be a thief or to steal, what you do is you prepare the house so that when the thief is going to come, then you are well prepared. And this is exactly what happens when we have this vaccination. It prepares the body for an assault of the virus so that when the virus comes, immediately the soldier, the soldier cells of the body come into effect, the soldier cells which have been formed by the vaccine then they immediately attack. Whereas if you're going to say, well, anyway, I'm just going to wait for my natural immunity. So it is just like actually saying, okay, I'll just wait until the thief comes. And when the thief comes, that's the time that I'm going to be prepared. And by the time, it's going to be too late. So we are encouraging you so that when you get that vaccination and this virus is very rampant, it is all around these days, then your body is able immediately to mount a defense. Whether if you are going to wait for your body to form its antibodies, by the time it might even be too late. And it has been proven. People who have been actually sick with COVID, by about 10 or 14 days, the virus is already gone. Why the body has successfully mount a counterattack? By, by the time the virus has already caused what we call a massive damage that the person is dead. Well, also one of the things that the rumors are going on there is that this vaccine is the mark of the beast. Now, I don't know what Bible you are referring to or whose authority you're getting it from, but according to the statement of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, you see that we actually understand that the mark of the beast is really 
whom you give your allegiance to, your loyalty. It is not a vaccine, my friends. And so, we encourage you because this is not really a matter of what we call the mark of the beast because I know many people equate the vaccine to the mark of the beast. Now, if you really look at the mark of the beast, it is really a sign that you are disloyal to God. In the final analysis, the mark of the beast is really disobedience to God. And this is it, my friends. If we want God to have to mark of the seal of God, then we should obey and follow the commandments what God has given us. Uh, it's going to be shown in the screen about the exact wordings of the church on this, what we call the mark of the beast. Some people say, okay, there are nanoparticles, and when you are going to get injected, these nanoparticles are just like small chips, and then they can actually identify you. They can track you anywhere. Well, I tell you, it is true that technology is present, but it is not present in the vaccine. In order for you to be able to be tracked with the chip, the smallest size is the size of a rice grain. And nothing of that sort can be found in the vaccine. And I tell you, if you're afraid of being tracked, then you might as well throw away your cell phone, throw away your smartwatches, throw away your laptops, because those are the things that are going to be able to track you down. And of course, lastly, the church is actually saying, you know, we are not the conscience. People can finally decide what they want to do. Because I know there are so many people out there who are really so scared and they are really sincere. And so we leave the decision to you, but we are not mandating as a church. We are encouraging because we love you. We want you to be spared from this virus so that you would be able to spread the gospel so that you are going to be healthy. And above all, let us treat each other with respect and love. If people don't want to be vaccinated, then I say, okay, it's up to you. But our responsibility is that let us show people the evidence. And finally, during this time of this COVID pandemic, let us remember Psalm 46.1. God is a refuge, a sure help in time of trouble. This is the time that we need God's help and that we should be protected by Him. God bless you all. Well, well, good folks, that is the Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, their official message and official position um, on the virus, uh, the vaccine. They are encouraging their members to go out and get vaccinated. Um, they have obviously um, given you some good science-based um, points to consider there in that video. So thanks to the good pastor. I don't know who he is. I'm guessing he's head of the seven-day Adventist conference. I don't really know. Um, but um, yeah, that was. I thought that was a well-delivered uh, message. We were talking a little bit about this yesterday, and I found the message, and I thought that I would share it with you all. Listen, whether you are a seventh-day keeper, a Sunday keeper, a no-day keeper, it doesn't matter. The science represents, um, you know, a very strong position. Sorry for you to get vac vaccinated. So Christopher says, for the first time in a long time, I'm in agreement with the seven-day Adventist position. This video should be played constantly. Doss says December 2019 was the worst flu in my life, barely able to breathe and lasted and at least three to four 
months recovery. And DOS, if you think that's bad, uh, there are people who a year later are still trying to recover from COVID. Yep. Um, noting, notifying residents in their neighborhoods and quarantine should help to keep children from getting it. You just got to stay in your yard. Uh, he's right. If you're worried about being tracked, throw away all your devices and live in the bush. Um, why does woman think it's funny? Think what's funny. I don't know what we're talking about. Um, Elizabeth thinks now the church wants money. Well, child, if that was the case, you'd never go to church to begin with. They don't need COVID to want money. I'm just saying you pay your tithes all the time. Um, Marcia says, Sandy just put up a Zelly cash app or PayPal. Oh, I think she's saying that we could have people chip in. Child, it, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. One way or another, we'll, we'll get it resolved. Um, the way I look at it, if John Felder can afford a lawyer, they must be working on some kind of retainer or something. I don't know how that was done. Because this is a man who can't pay his bills according to all this outstanding debt. So I'm just saying, if he can keep Priestley's on the payroll and constantly writing letters and representing him, surely um, a person like myself who's actually not done anything wrong <laughs> should be able to get it sorted out. Anyway, listen, I've got a 10 o'clock meeting that I need to run to. And then I've got 11 o'clock meeting that I've got to run to. Uh, lawyers are scheduled for today. What else do I have? I feel like there's something else I have going. Oh, shoot, I got to go. Um, the car needs to go to the garage. I almost forgot that. So I need to rush to that. Um, the repairs, the parts, whatever is here. Thank God for a little bit of insurance, Joe. And um, yeah, so I need to go. Y'all have a beautiful day. Uh, a little bit overcast today, which is okay. Some days we don't mind the overcast. Uh, and you guys have a wonderful day. We'll be back here tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. Another week is gone. September, October, November, December, and then it's Christmas. Woo! I'm so excited for Christmas. I'm already shopping on Amazon. Well, window shopping for Christmas. Thinking about it. Anyway, beautiful people, have a gorgeous day. Javier, go find Jesus. You need, you need Jesus immediately. The rest of you, be good. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.